go. And here we are. And hello. 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 Hello, and welcome back. Skeleton crew. Monsketeers of all ages. Welcome back to Radnorock. And just just continuing on with a little uh, upda- updating the way we do things. Um, today, we are jumping back into, I guess, a retrospective podcast. Yeah, let's say that. Um, not a Skeleton Crew Fight Club. The first non-Fight Club episode that has a video element. Pretty cool, yeah? I think so. And today, we are going to dive in to everything we didn't know, we wanted to know about a ride at a Disney park. We do retrospectives for rides at Disney parks because I I am what the uh, internet has deemed a Disney adult. And oftentimes I think that's kind of like an antig- antagonistic it's antagonistic, an antagonistic thing to say, but no, not so much. I'm all right with it. There's a lot of things I'm all right with. It takes a lot to get under my skin. Actually, that's a very, very blatant lie. I, I'm frequently annoyed um, easily by, by people, especially people I don't know and people I do know. I'm just irritable. I'm irritable. I'm old. Uh, so, so the ride that we're going to dive into is none other than maybe the ride that, not even just a ride, just the a symbol more than anything, I guess, uh, that represents specifically Disneyland in Southern California. I grew up, for those of you who've been following along for a while, in San Diego, and we would frequent Disneyland. Not frequent, you know, all too regularly, but we would definitely at least go once a year. So to me, that's kind of, that deserves frequent, especially for like the early 90s. You know what I mean? For living two hours away, uh, hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. I don't know. Either way, it we went there enough for me to develop a pretty devout and passionate fandom. And to this day, even though I live closer to Walt Disney World, then I would argue that I wouldn't argue. It's just a fact. It's just a cold fact that in my adult life, I I visit Walt Disney World way more than Disneyland. And it's a g- geographical thing. We're closer to it. We can drive to it. Uh, with the amount of children we have, especially now, 
flying across the country just sounds like a complete and utter nightmare. Um, so yeah, our our visiting Disney World more regularly. I don't know why I can't really say that word too well. Uh, more regularly than Disneyland is going to continue. But that's not. I mean, that's kind of like all the more reason to be reminiscent of Disneyland. You know, to sit and think back and remember fondly. Uh, so the the riding question is a ride that when driving up to Disneyland from San Diego, uh, the first glimpse, the first taste of Disneyland that you get or that we would get growing up uh, would be seeing the Matterhorn from the freeway. I, if I remember correctly, you can see it from the freeway. If not like from the freeway specifically, then exiting the freeway, I feel like you definitely can see it. And maybe it's a false memory, but it's the memory I have. So that's, that's what I'm going to continue believing for the rest of my life. Uh, the Matterhorn. So the Matterhorn represented we are here. I mean, now especially driving from Nashville to Orlando, the hour, two hour drive, hour 45 minute, two hour drive from San Diego to Anaheim seems like nothing and very, you know, drop in the bucket when it comes to being on the road. Now it's a 10 hour drive from where we are in Nashville to the Disney world parks and it's not hellish by any means. It's definitely a long drive. We do, and we, we are able to do it in one shot, even with the kids. Uh, so it's not, it's not miserable. Um, everyone travels very well. But, but remembering back to my youth, just the time in the car from San Diego to Anaheim felt like an eternity, especially living, like being juiced up with the excitement of going to Disneyland and spending the day at Disneyland and just, you know, it's, uh, the idea of going to Disneyland was like crack for me as a child. And it just got me all wound up. And I definitely had to have been one of those, are we there yet? Kind of kids. Um, yeah, is what it is. But so that made seeing the peak of the Matterhorn all that much more uh, not satisfying, but exhilarating. You know what I mean? It was a relief. It was a relief of, oh my gosh, we're going to be off the road finally. It was a jolt of excitement of, oh my gosh, we're here. There it is. There's Disneyland. You know, even more so than Sleeping Beauty's Castle, I'd say. Because the castle, for sure, is, you know, there's no argument that that is the focal point, iconic logo, uh, imagery, what have you, landmark that Disneyland is based around. But the Matterhorn, you know what I mean? Like... For one, it towers over the castle. It's it's just larger than the castle, at least in height. 
I'd say in width too. I mean, there's a full ride in in the mountain. There's no ride in the in the castle. Um, so I don't know. That's not to say that Sleeping Beauty's castle isn't magical. It's just it's not. It 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 wasn't what I like on the drive to Disneyland. I just had my mind set on when I see the Matterhorn, we're there. That the Matterhorn means it's time. And yeah, that's, that's lived with me my, my whole, my whole life, even to this day. Like at the last time we went to Disneyland, when we went as our family now, uh, minus roads, it, it was the same thing, you know, driving, driving to Disneyland. I, I was looking for the Matterhorn. Like that was cause we drove up, we went, in our last visit to California, you know, to uh, introduce Maverick to my side of the family out there, we did drive up from San Diego to go to Disneyland for a day or two, for two days. Um, and yeah, just, it, I was overwhelmed. I was, I was flooded with, with that memory of um, hoping to see the mountain from, from the freeway. Uh, so it's it's definitely embedded within my my DNA to to still be excited when I see the Matterhorn, and it still to this day is that representation of here we are, we're ready to go. Uh, so if you've been keeping up with Leo Legacy for however long uh we do vlog and terries and as part of those vlog and terries i i post a ride through video without commentary without me talking over the video you'll hear me talking in the video in the footage but um yeah i don't know just something something fun it's kind of time capsule capturing Cause, cause they always, you know, they always refurbish and redesign and update these rides. So it's kind of fun to capture a moment in time, you know, uh, beyond that though, uh, we do, or I do ride alongs where it's the same video, but then I do hit the mic stand. I do commentary over the footage. So it's like we're riding the ride together and you just get, get to hear me run my mouth through it. Uh, now with these retrospectives, I want to do, I'm kind of, I'll still do, I'll still post like the ride throughs and such. Maybe, maybe ride alongs still with the vlog and Terry's vlog and Terry's aren't going away per se, but I think, I think incorporating it into a podcast is a pretty cool idea. No. So this retrospective, we're going to dive in and go into like, you know, everything you didn't know you wanted to know about the Matterhorn. And if you're watching the video version of this podcast on, you know, wherever you stream video, I'm going to, I'm going to put the ride footage in the video. So it'll kind of be like a ride along within the podcast. 
I think that's pretty cool. You know, maybe we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This may be the only time we do it, but at the same time, it might not be. I've become so accustomed lately to doing skeleton crew fight club episodes that, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose sight or I didn't want to lose, um, I don't know, just like the other, the other branches of Radnorock. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how this goes. And you know what? I'm probably going to do some fight club episodes where, uh, like comparison videos, you know what I mean? Like here's this ride version of at Disneyland. And here is the same ride at magic kingdom and like compare the two. Maybe that'll be like a versus. That's a pretty cool idea. So we'll see. We'll see, but that's not today. That's not right now. Right now we are going through the Matterhorn. So let's, I burped a little bit, dive right in. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. So the official name actually is Matterhorn Bobsleds. Matterhorn Bobsleds are a pair of intertwined steel roller coasters at Disneyland in Anaheim, California. It is modeled after the Matterhorn. Imagine that. The Matterhorn is a mountain of the Alps standing the main... Wait. Oh, see... That's not the word. That's why it wasn't making sense when I was reading it. The Matterhorn is a mountain of the Alps straddling the main watershed and border between Switzerland and Italy. Oh, it's by Italy? I didn't know that. It's a large, near-symmetric pyramidal peak in the extended Monte, Monte Rosa area of the... Uh, Penne, pen, penine, 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 P-E-N-N-I-N-E. How do you say that? Uh, Alps, whose summit is 4,478 meters or 14,692 feet high. And I'm not going to continue on. It's But it says making it one of the highest, I guess, I don't know, making that part up. It's high. It's up there. I didn't realize it was it was on the border of Switzerland and Italy. I never would have guessed Italy. Don't know why. Just bad at geography, I guess. Um, let's see. It is so the back to the ride and not the mountain. It is the first known tubular steel track roller coaster located on the border. So many borders between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. Huh. It employs force perspective to seem larger. Lots of force perspectives going on within the Disney parks, making things that aren't as big seem much bigger. Magic. It's Disney magic. My T is in the Goldilocks zone, by the way, in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. prime um that's pretty cool so though it borders um tomorrowland or it's located on the border of tomorrowland and fantasyland 
it is considered part of Fantasyland. Uh, it opened in or on June of 1959. Uh, the manufacturer, Aero Development, designer, Wed Enterprises, model, special coaster systems, track layout, dual track. Lift launch, chain lift hill. This is super like techie roller coaster talk. Um, let's see. Oh, so let's. This is interesting. It looks like the two, the dual track tracks, the tracks are considered the Tomorrowland track or the Fantasyland track. Interesting. Now, the Tomorrowland track. And Fantasyland tracks are both 80 feet in height, so they go the same amount up, but the length of the tracks differ. The length of the Tomorrowland track is 2,037 feet, or 620.9 meters for those Metroids, met, metrico, metro, met, hmm. what can I call people who follow the metric system? Cause I'd have, I have some pals across the, across the pond in uh, the UK. Shout out Thunderbolt, Wakefield, uh, and BJ Gaz, you know, the talk nerdy homies and what is, what, what do you do now? Wakefield horror homeschool. Go check out those podcasts. Are you doing any other ones, Chris? Anyway, years later, decades later, when people are still watching this, they're going to be like, huh? Or they'll be like, oh, no, I didn't know he knew those guys. Um. Anyway, I got distracted. So, yeah, the Tomorrowland track is 2,037 feet or 620.9 meters I'm going to say Metroids for the metric folks, Metroids. Um, and then here's a little fun fact. The Fantasyland track is 2,134 feet long or 650.4 meters. That is incredible. So if you happen to get the ride the Fantasyland track, you get almost 100 feet more ride. <laughs> I wonder how noticeable that is. That's interesting. That's that's some fascinating. That's something I didn't know I wanted to know. Uh, speed, 27 miles per hour. Inversions, zero. Duration, now here you go. Now it does possibly make a noticeable difference. The Tomorrowland track duration is two minutes, seven seconds. The Fantasyland track is 2 minutes, 26 seconds. You get a whole 19 more seconds of ride if you're on the Fantasyland track. Fascinating. I didn't know they differed so much. I never even considered them being different. You know what I mean? It, you, you know it's a dual track when you're there, but... I guess you don't really consider like there would be any differences. 
uh, or at least I didn't, but I'm kind of dumb. So whatever. Uh, trains. So there are 20 trains with two cars. Riders are arranged one across in three rows for a total of six riders per train. So interesting. 20 trains, two cars. Riders are arranged one across in three rows. Now, in my brain reading that and in my brain remembering being on the ride, I don't I don't know how that translates. Cause I know that you sit like one in front of the other. I don't know. Anyway. Neat. Uh pretty fun stuff, man. Pretty fun stuff. A little history before we take a ride. Uh let's see. History from nineteen fifty six to nineteen seventy. This is this is that era of the Matterhorn, the earliest days of Disney. During the construction of the park, Disneyland, dirt from the excavation of Sleeping Beauty's castle's moat was piled in an area between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. When the park opened, the area dubbed Holiday Hill and later Lookout Mountain was improved with benches and pathways to encourage its use as a picnic area. So, where the Matterhorn stands used to just be a pile of dirt from digging out the moat around Sleeping Beauty's castle. Fascinating. Uh, and they wanted like it to use people to use it as like picnic area. How compact was this dirt? Could you walk on the mound, or did you just walk around the mound? And it's called Lookout Mountain. Or Holiday Hill. That's pretty fun. Somebody throw that in some trivia. Uh, somewhere. Let's see. After the opening of Disneyland. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let's try that again. After the opening of the Disneyland Skyway in 1956, Walt Disney conceived the idea of a toboggan ride on the mountain with real snow. That would be very difficult to do in Southern California. But the logistics caused uh, vehement objections by Disneyland construction chief Joe Fowler. I wonder if Joe was like, look, Walt, I know you want a ride. You want a bobsled ride or a toboggan ride on this mountain, Lookout Mountain, at least this area. Well, it says ride on the mountain. So on this mound of dirt, you want to do a toboggan ride with real snow. So what I'm picturing in my head is covering Holiday Hill or Lookout Mountain or whatever this mound of dirt. Like, I mean, I was going to say whatever it was called, but I just gave you the two things that it was called. So this mound of dirt, moat dirt, uh, moat mountain. Disney wanted to cover it with snow and make it a sled kind of ride attraction. 
And then Joe Fowler was like, yo, this is Southern California. Do you know how complicated and difficult it's going to be to maintain snow on this mountain, on this mound of dirt with people walking all over it and sledding down it and it just being Southern California, the heat, the sun, like it's going to just be a giant mudslide, which also sounds like a good period. The hill began, or in this period, the hill began to be known as Snow Hill. By now, instead of being a place for picnicking, the hill had come to be used primarily as a nighttime lover's lane. Oh my goodness. So if you go if you go to Disneyland back in 1956 and you are with your someone special, you could go hide behind or around Lookout Mountain and uh you know, it's a place for nighttime lovers. <laughs> uh, this apparently was much to Disney's dismay. Be, I get that. I get that. You're not going to want, you know, creeps hooking up at your park behind this mountain of dirt. I get it. I get it. Disney's not a place for that kind of thing. That that's not the Disney Parks is not a place for that sort of lewd behavior or activity. Uh, let's see. New wild mouse style coat roller coaster got the attention of Disneyland executives who began to consider applying this emergency tech emergency applying this emerging technology to the creation of a toboggan themed coaster ride on an artificial mountain at that site of lookout mountain the lover's lane of disney land uh let's see wild mouse style coaster a wild mouse is a type of coaster or a type of roller coaster consisting of a single or spinning cars traversing a tight winding track with an emphasis on sharp unbanked turns the upper portion of the track usually features multiple 180 degree turns known as flat turns that produce high lateral g-forces even at modest speeds so it's kind of kind of roller coaster that you you would see it like a county fair you know that's that's interesting that the huh so that was new technology. Then they're like, we need to ride like that. Hey, how about that mound of dirt? Let's put one there. <laughs> I just like, they, they, they took out all the dirt to build the moat around the castle. And Disney was just like, yeah, just leave it there. <laughs> we might need it one day. I mean, that's, that's, that's a man who sees a bigger picture. That's for sure. Never get rid of your dirt. That's the Disney way. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the Matterhorn bobsleds have a striking resemblance to one of the oldest roller coasters in the world. Oh my gosh. Rat shoe bonin. Rut shoe bonin. Rut shoe, rut shoe bonin. R U T S H. Nope. R-U-T-S-C-H-E-B 
A-N-E-N. You tell me how that's pronounced. However that's pronounced uh, is an amusement park and pleasure garden in Copenhagen, Denmark. The park opened uh, August 15th, 1843, and is the third oldest, operate amuse par- um, third oldest operating amusement park in the world. Wow. So, I guess there was a ride at that park that is a strike that the Matterhorn bobsleds strikingly resembles um let's see i guess at that park the roller coaster oh my gosh was known as burgenbannon burgenbannon or is that the park oh no that's the right i guess uh b j e r g b a n e n you you tell me how that's pronounced. Uh, in parentheses, the mountain coaster, <laughs> the mountain coaster, which opened in 1914 and still operates with a rider on each train, breaking the car on each hill. Oh, got it. Okay, so on the ride one of the riders is breaking the train. It's like <laughs> you're in charge of slowing yourself down. That's how I read that. Um, That's crazy. Okay. So similar to there's that Russian binding Rus Russian binding word again um, at the Tivoli in Copenhagen, Denmark, which predated it by nearly half a century. The top of the Matterhorn bobsleds ride is also an icy scene, and the snowbirds and the interior featuring the abominable snowman are quite similar to the design. So it sounds like there's another snowy mountain ride with abominable snowmen out there in Denmark. That's what I got from that in my poor dyslexic reading out loud. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, the most sincerest form of flattery is what is that? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, okay. Anyway, the structure was also intended to act as a decorative overlay to camouflage the central uh, pylon, pylon, pylon of the skyway. Okay. Use of the Matterhorn, both in style and name, grew from Walt Disney's extended vacation in Switzerland while filming Third Man on the Mountain. In a moment of inspiration, impressed by the beauty of the real Matterhorn, Walt grabbed a postcard of the mountain from a souvenir stand and sent it back to Imagineer architect Vic Green with the message, with the message, 
Vic, build this, Walt. (laughs) (coughs) Wow. Still coming off that sinus infection. Um, That's hilarious. Vic, build this, Walt. I mean, he's a man of few words, but very direct instruction. Uh, This resulted in the merger of the toboggan ride concept with the idea for a bobsled coaster ride that would run around and through the structure. The peak was first shown in a conceptual drawing that was once on display at the Disney gallery. I wonder where that is now. Uh, Imagineer Bob Gurr was responsible for designing the track plan and has said that it was the hardest project that he had, uh, he has ever worked on. Huh? He began working on the attraction in mid 1958 after finishing preliminary work on the submarine voyage. Uh, American bridge company was responsible for constructing the steel structure inside the Matterhorn. In 1936, they built the Bay Bridge that connects Oakland to San Francisco in California. So the same folks that built the uh, Bay Bridge were responsible for providing the steel structure for the Matterhorn. What a fun little tidbit of uh, not just Disney history, but California history. Uh, The view to the northwest shows a corner of the now defunct Junior Autopia, which would be replaced by both the Matterhorn and the Submarine Voyage attraction the following year. The Matterhorn opened on June 14, 1959, one of three major new Tomorrowland attractions that opened that year. Now... We just saw uncovered earlier that technically, I guess, the Matterhorn, per this, is a Fantasyland attraction. Well, here, they're lumping it in with Tomorrowland attractions, saying it's a Tomorrowland attraction. So who do we believe? If it's on the border, I guess it really could be both. I don't know. Uh, built by coaster builder Andrew, or bit one more time. Built by I said Andrew. And when you find out the word, I thought like it's dyslexia. Uh, built by coaster builder Arrow Development and Wed Engineering. It was the world's first tubular steel roller coaster. Uh, it consisted of a wood and steel infrastructure surrounded by man-made rock starting with the 1961 holiday season a revolving star stood atop it that's cool they do put it yeah i think i i remember do they still do that do they still put a star at the top of the matterhorn i do remember seeing that at some point in my youth um let's see Trees could be seen on its sides. By making the trees at higher altitudes smaller, the Imagineers used force perspective to augment the mountain's height. 
Waterfalls cascaded down its sides and frequently sprayed riders. Inside was a large open space through which the bobsleds traveled. The peak had numerous holes in its exterior through which the bobsleds exited and re-entered. Though the space within was not uh, elaborately themed, with the infrastructure only minimally disguised as rock, uh, the Skyway passed through the center of the mountain via a pair of openings on the Fantasyland and Tomorrowland sides. Uh, Skyway riders could see down into the Matterhorn's interior as they glided through. That's neat. So when you're when you were riding the Skyway buckets, you would go through the Matterhorn from Fantasyland into Tomorrowland. I have I have memory of riding the those Skyway buckets, and I mean I I'd imagine that they still went through the middle of the Matterhorn. Now the there's no hole in the Matterhorn because there's no there's no Skyway going through it anymore. From what I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. So that's fun and interesting uh let's see 1970s in the early 1970s the ride was officially made part of Fantasyland. okay so up until that point it was considered a tomorrowland ride and then in the 70s it was officially made part of Fantasyland. but this was merely a prelude to far more significant changes in 1973 the revolving star at its top was removed in part because of the 1973 oil crisis that had hit the U.S., so maybe I didn't don't remember a star being at the top of the Matterhorn. But there's some there's I mean, my brain kind of tells me otherwise. Uh, but my brain consistently can be pretty wrong. Uh, anyhow, in 1978, the Matterhorn received a major refurbishment. The Matterhorn received a major refurbishment. Most notably, the hollow interior space was broken up into a number of small icy caves and tunnels with far more convincing theming. A grotto filled with glimmering crystals was added near the top of the lift hill. Some holes in the mountain's skin were filled in as well, including the two large openings at the top of the hill that had allowed guests to briefly glimpse the entire southern part of the peak. Artificial screams. Oh, no way. Artificial screams were placed at the top of the lift hill. Interesting. Uh, another major addition was an abominable snowman whom the Imagineers dubbed Harold. It appears as three similar auto-animatronic figures that roar at bobsledders. The first is visible from both tracks at the point where they diverge. The other two are visible only from their respective respective tracks. Each track also features a pair of red eyes that glow in the dark 
shortly after the lift hill while the snowman's roar is heard. The roars can be heard from ground level as well, even over the recorded howling of the alpine wind. The bobsleds themselves were also changed from the original flat lug, lug, luge, luge, uh, luge, the flat, original flat luge-like multicolored two seaters to or two rounder white cars decorated with orange and red stripes and form or, and from single cars to two connected cars. Okay. So they did update the seating in the seventies. I just burped again. Excuse me. <laughs> um, that's very rude and disgusting. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh Oh, look. All right. Now we're in the 90s. So, from the 1990s to the present, the Skyway continued to travel through the mountain. See, I knew I had memory of this. So, in the 1990s to present, the Skyway continued to travel through the mountain, but its passageway was no longer enclosed in similar or hold on let's start over because i botched that uh the skyway continued to travel through the mountain but its passageway was now enclosed in similarly themed ice caves following the closure of the skyway in 1994 so i definitely wrote it through the mountain before uh the cat the cavernous holes through which the skyway buckets had traveled were partially filled in the holes in tomorrow. Okay. The holes in the Tomorrowland face remained mostly intact and an abandoned crate labeled Wells expedition was also added in the crystal scene as a tribute to Frank Wells, who had died earlier that year. Frank Wells. Franklin G. Wells was an American businessman who served as president of the Walt Disney Company from 1984 until his death in 1994. Rest in peace, Frank. Let's take a moment to remember Frank Wells. All right. Wells <laughs> Wells had climbed six of the seven summits with only Mount Everest remaining at the time of his death. Oh, he was an avid mountain climber. Uh, at the end of the lift chain, a projection of snowfall was added with the exception of the filling of certain holes, the mountain's original ex. External structure remained largely unchanged. Several small refurbishments occurred between 2004 and 2005. In 2004, the safety spile, spill, spiel, the safety spiel, formerly heard, uh, spiel, spiel. Anyway, and yeah, that's, I'm going to say spiel. Uh, in 
2004, the safety spiel formerly heard on the lift was moved to the break where cast members inspected seatbelts. The original spiel recorded by Jack Wagner was re-recorded by an actor with a German accent, but Wagner's Spanish spiel is still heard. That's the remain seated, please. Betterman and Cincinnati. Uh, the unloading spiel was also changed in 2005 from remain seated, please, to please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened, which was used in breakdown spiels. The loading station was revamped with new decorations, including new flowers and new loading gates. Additional fences were added to the catwalks. Safety first. Uh, The Matterhorn was closed on January 9th, 2012 for a six-month refurbishment. The mountain was re... The mountain was renovated, receiving new paint externally and some repairs internally. The vehicle seating arrangement was also modified to accommodate a single passenger in each seat rather than a lap sitting arrangement of two riders the lap sitting arrangement is what i was remembering but not from our last trip i do remember that it is one per seat but back in the day it used to be like one in front of the other and if you happen to be the bigger person the that meant that meant you were sitting in the back and the smaller individual was in the front. I'm not a tall guy. So on rare occasion, though, I would ride with somebody shorter than me. I would be the back. And let me tell you, they sit like in between your legs. So herky-jerky, like stopping and braking would slide the person in front in, in between your legs. And at least from a male standpoint, was uncomfortable. It was a jostling like to the nethers. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So let's see. Uh, Lap seating arrangement of two riders. Okay. This resulted in three individual seats within each bobsled with two cars linked for a total of six guests, similar to the configuration of the trains at Walt Disney World's version of Space Mountain. True. The new bobsleds were painted red, blue, and green, and the ride reopened on June 15th, 2012. As a result of the new trains, the height requirement was raised to 42 inches, or 170 centimeters, from its original 35 inches, or 89 centimeters. Other smaller changes were made, including the addition of wooden fences on the catwalks and a single rider lane. The main abominable snowman animatronic at the top was given a movable jaw, and the main roar was now much louder. It was toned back down around October of that year, 2012. Uh, the entire mountain exterior received a facelift 
for only the second time, the first scene when the attraction was originally built, uh, scaffolding was erected all the way from the base of the mountain to the top. The mountain had been repeatedly repainted though, or through the years, resulting in a mostly white Matterhorn mountain with the appearance of snow. But in 2012, the entire mountain was made bare again and carefully painted in a style more faithful to the look of the real Matterhorn with more snow places on the northern side and less on the southern. You know, when I was younger, I do remember the Matterhorn being much more like vibrantly white. And now it does look more like natural snowfall and kind of, you know, a more natural pattern of snowfall instead of just like a white, a stark white mountain. Um, for the first time since the Matterhorn's early days, the, mat- the mountain's base was mostly snowless. In the past, the snow on the mountain's surface was merely white paint. For the refurbished ride, glass beads were mixed into the paint to reflect sunlight like real snow. Huh. Imagineer Jim Crouch was the rehab's art director. The mountain climber, or okay, the mountain climber performers also returned after the refurbishment. In this history breakdown, we didn't even know that the the mountain climbers were ever taken away, or they even existed. But they did. They did have people climbing the mountain. Uh, let's see. On January fifth, twenty fifteen, the attraction was closed for an extended refurbishment to prepare for the park's sixtieth anniversary. It reopened on May twenty second, twenty fifteen with new special effects and updated animatronics. On the lift hills, the snowfall projection was replaced with the abominable snowman peering through a sheet of ice as the bobsleds ascend. The artificial screaming at the top of the lift was also removed. Uh, The red eyes were removed and replaced with the snowman roaring with the sound that he's pushing the bobsleds. Huh. A newer animatronic version of the snowman appears at the top while improved sound effects help create the illusion that it is in pursuit of the train or in pursuit as the train descends down the mountain. Disney's fast pass ride system was added on uh, to the attraction on April 2017. The Matterhorn once again closed on July 30th, 2018 to redesign the waiting queue and reopened on November 16th, 2018. Uh, the front of the old Matterhorn entrance was now or was reworked to accommodate a larger line queue area. Wow. Pretty fantastic. 
Uh, is there anything else that we need to go over? I don't know. I think that's pretty much, pretty much the gist of it. There's, there's some other little tidbits and whatnots, but for the ride specifically, I think we got everything we really wanted to know. Now, now, for the video viewers, and you know, maybe this will translate on the audio only as well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a ride together on the Matterhorn. So let me get that pulled up, if I can. I no longer need you, so you can go away. You can go away. There it is. Here we go. Uh-oh. What's going on here? Oh, there it is. Okay. Is everything else still going like I needed to be going? All right. Let's see. Let's see if this works. And it looks like it's going to. Oh, fantastic. I'm really going to enjoy this. Um, uh-oh. Hold on. Hold the phone for one hot second. If everything is still going on that end then we're fine. But if not, we're not. Okay, we're fine. Okay. So let's do this. This footage um, is from our family trip to Disneyland uh, back in March 2022. Uh, I shot it in a different frame rate. So hopefully that doesn't you know, mess anybody up, but it might. Hey, look, there's Baney. Baney's making a cameo on the podcast. It's pretty exciting. Um, look at it. See, you can kind of see behind the trees there. Look at that shot. I was really proud of that shot. Um, but yeah, notice how the mountain wasn't just like stark white. It definitely has a more natural, like, rock face here at the base, as they were talking. And look, sporadic snow patches up the mountain. It's hard, it's hard to imagine that whole, like, that big structure just blindingly white. At this point, at least. It was, it's really kind of, it's, in, it's super interesting to know that there was a time where they added in fake fake screams that that was one of the little tidbits of history that that really blew me away um speaking of Baney he he wasn't he wasn't in this into it don't know why i really don't know why he's into space mountain and big thunder mountain but for whatever reason the matterhorn you know, had him a little shook. And I think it's mostly due to the uh, abominable snowman. He doesn't, he doesn't enjoy 
being screamed at by animatronics. He he has a similar reaction to the Everest ride in uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, you hear that? You hear the Spanish version of the uh, Remain Seated? Is that what that was? So here we go. Dark. Darkness. This must be what it looks like for the audio-only listeners. <laughs> Complete lo- I, I imagine you're listening to this with your eyes closed. Maybe it's not. Okay, so there's the little glacier part. We heard the uh, abominable snowman kind of around. There was another little growl we heard. It's a lot of time that you spend. Oh, you hear him? Oh. So there's broken down bobsled. I remember the old school animatronic was much more. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It was much more s- not stationary, kind of more stagnant y. Not a lot of motion to him. Still intimidating, but the, the current. Abominable snowman animatronic is much more intimidating. I'm wondering which track we're on. Was it the Tomorrowland track that we were on? Because we did pass a portion where we were able to see Space Mountain. So I would imagine that this is the Tomorrowland track. I suppose we could time the ride. Uh... And engage from there. Look, and that was more Tomorrowland over there. So this must be the Tomorrowland track. I I accidentally lied to Bane while riding this ride. I told him that we were out of the darkness and we weren't going to see the Abominable Snowman again. I'm a bad dad because there's the Abominable Snowman again and here we are back in darkness. <laughs> to be fair, when I told him that, I genuinely thought we were done. I really did. And there we go. Sploosh. You feel like you're going to get wet, but you don't, you don't really. To my memory. At least on this track. Maybe on the other track, you do. And there we are. See, okay, so that felt a little shorter. And if we look left, I think... Oh, no, there's the teacups over there. I don't know. I'm going to say that this was the Tomorrowland track. If you know better than I, I do, let me know. And let me know how you can tell. Can you see Space Mountain from the Fantasyland track? I don't know. I don't know, but that's something I'm going to keep in mind the next time we go. And I'm going to definitely... I don't, it'd be fun to ride twice on each, you know, once on each track and get footage of the differences. Uh... But yeah, that was a blast. Still, to this day, one of my favorite rides of all time. And not because it's the most thrilling, necessarily. It it really it really is just more that it's the most nostalgic. One of the most nostalgic. I just love all of it. I love all of it. So much so that I podcast about it. Now... I hope you enjoyed this version of uh, a Radnorock retrospective for the Matterhorn. I, I've come to realize that whenever I go to these parks, 
I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vlog footage. I'm gonna collect footage. So maybe there will be a time where we revisit the Matterhorn in our retrospectives. Maybe we'll go over all that information again. Maybe I'll go over information I didn't cover in this one. We'll do like a Matterhorn round two or 2.0 or whatever, what have you, uh, for the footage that we just saw, or you just listened to, uh, I, we do have the standalone ride through available at leolegacy.com in our vlog and Terry portion of, you know, our site, just go to vlog and Terry's ride through boom you can ride the ride go through that ride experience without me talking over it or running my mouth or whatever or there is a version where i do talk over it and i call it a ride along also available at leolegacy.com in our vlog and terry's section uh yeah and look at that we hit we hit conventional podcast duration I, I think I think it worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, more more to come like this. I liked it. I liked doing it. I liked having the video aspect of the podcast. I liked being able to splice in the video of the ride. All in all, I'm I'm gonna say it's a success, and we'll we'll just we'll just keep doing it or something. I don't know. There's always gonna be something to do. We are. We are in our prime timeline going back to Walt Disney World. So I think I'm going to collect footage again of these ride experiences with the intent and comprehension that uh, I'll likely use that footage for uh, further retrospectives and, and whatevers. I like the idea of, of doing verses like Disneyland's Small World verse Magic Kingdom's version of small world. I don't know. There's who knows? Who knows? This is Radnorock. This is commentary on all things rad. So we're just going to get rad about everything whenever, wherever, however. And all of that, all the radness can be found at leolegacy.com and everything Leo Legacy related is always and forever brought to you by Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew, for those of you like-minded individuals out there who want to show your support for the Leo legacy, join our skeleton crew. And all you got to do is just go shop this shop. One day I will have a join the skeleton crew option. And maybe that maybe one day soon. I just got to figure out the logistics of it all. But that, yeah, for now, leolegacy.com slash shop. Go around our Skeleton Crew store. We have a Disnerd for those folks like myself and the rest of my family who are very nerdy about Disney. Uh, there are Skeleton Crew Disney-themed designs that if you're a Disney adult or a Disney kid, just a Disney fan, just a Disnerd, you'll be into it. And there's nothing cooler than strutting around the parks rocking your skeleton crew gear you know for instance specifically related to this podcast there it is for the video watchers you can see it for not video watchers i'm wearing my radnorock monsketeer 
T. Are you a Monsketeer? I think you are. And I think you should get one of these shirts. Or hoodies. I think we have hoodies available in this with this design on it. You know what? It's a it's a Radnorock Leo Legacy Skeletal Crew staple and our little Monsketeer emblem will grace various pieces of apparel and accessories for the remainder of time. Uh, so yeah, best way to support us is to be a member of the skeleton crew and a supporter, uh, anywhere and everywhere you audio listeners and video viewers for uh, like comment, subscribe, leave a rating on your podcast provider or platform of choice. Video streamers do the same thing. Like, subscribe, hit a notification bell, do whatever you got to do to show a little free love. You know what I mean? All of that helps other people find what we're doing here. And for more, just day to day, you know, because the podcast and the videos, they come out regularly, but, you know, at my availability uh, for immediate Leo Legacy and Skeleton Crew Fun, uh, just on all your favorite social media platforms, just look up at Leo Legacy. It's at Leo Legacy all over the place. And that's L E. There's an A under my wedding L. Leal. L E A L. Legacy. And uh yeah. Keep up with keep up with us there. Leave comments. Send messages. Um Yeah. There we go. All that being said, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I've been Justin. And until next time, I would like to say thank you for being a friend and telling a friend. Until next time. Adios. Adios.